Time for Game of the Round here uh, on the MPL Victoria pod. Josh Parrish has joined us to go through Heidelberg versus Avondale. Josh, you were on board down at Olympic Village on a... It was a bit of a, a blustery, cold day it at was Olympic definitely Village. a blustery day. It, was not a, it, w- it wasn't the nicest of days um, to be out and about, but nonetheless, an entertaining contest. And Avondale, one hell of a statement. Yeah, it was a windy day, gents. Uh, evening, guys. Um, yeah, my uh, my bucket of chips went flying a couple of times in the oh, pre-match. No. I'm not going to lie. Oh, so, um, uh, but you know, we we brave the conditions. We continue. We uh, we turn the effects <laughs> mic down, and we and we struggle <laughs> onwards. And uh, the game more than uh, made up for the weather because Avondale just put on a finishing clinic in the first half and cut through Heidelberg in transition. Heidelberg had plenty of the ball, had lots of set pieces and, and butchered chances of their own. But Avondale, four shots, three goals in the first half and some really well-constructed moves. Um, and Heidelberg just had no answer for their pace up top. They made a significant change by dropping Liam Boland into more of a number 10 role. Uh, with Yite Towns and Christian Trajewski playing as the two deeper midfielders in more of a 4-2-3-1. Uh, and Yusuf Ahmed played as an out-and-out striker. And I think you know that was a, a big change from Avondale and the new lease of life that Yusuf Ahmed needed after struggling this season. And you know he was running beyond the last line of defense, timing his runs really well, and, and Boland and Trajewski were picking him out with balls over the top or through the lines every single time. Um, so Heidelberg really had no answer for for the pace and the precision of those counterattacks. And, and Avondale really made the most of their their chances in the first half and, and made it very difficult for Heidelberg to come back into the game. It's, it's a really fascinating change. I think we, we might have spoken about it on the podcast before, or maybe it's a conversation I had with, with Joey Lynch while watching... Uh, the Port Melbourne game about the the prospect of of, of Liam Boland maybe dropping into a, a midfield role. The the thing is, a lot of the time when he's playing striker, he drops so deep mm. anyway in an effort to facilitate movement ahead of the the ball. That sometimes that you know he drops so deep that that's, there's no one actually to get the pass through to when he does receive. So almost in in a way, having two of him would be good. But I notice also that uh, that Stefan Valentini returned to the starting 11 for what would have been certainly the the first time in quite some time. Steph Zinni was back on the bench. Are those reinforcements sort of returning to Avondale at the right time? Are we seeing a bit more of the, the Avondale of old as we head towards finals, even though finals not quite guaranteed for them just yet? Uh, it's funny, uh, just to dwell on the bowling thing for a second, uh, his favourite player is Harry Kane, and he's a mad <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Mm, so mm. seeing him... Uh, have a similar career trajectory to Harry Kane, at least in a tactical sense, is actually very interesting because I think he continues to model his game off his favorite player. Um, and, uh, you know, as as we all try to. Uh, so, but Liam Bowen's Some with really more success it. than others. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, in terms of the uh, players returning from injury, uh, Stefan Valentini got through 70 minutes. Um, mm. He looked completely exhausted after the game. I spoke to him briefly. He said it was his first start in nearly three months. Um, mm. he, he's had very inconsistent football this season. Has tried to come back. Has re-injured things. Um, but yeah, he was. It was. It did him so good uh, to get through seventy minutes. Uh, I think we'll see a sharper Valentini for the rest of the campaign. After that, uh, I wouldn't say he looked like the Valentini of old just yet. He looked a bit rusty, but there were still some real moments of quality. Uh, in terms of Zinni. A really disappointing one for him because uh, he actually was withdrawn um, uh, from the the bench because he he injured his hamstring again in the warm up. So he suffered a <sighs> setback. So he's unlikely, uh, I think, at this stage to play against mm. uh, against Brisbane Raw tomorrow night, and we'll have to wait and see for the for the weekend. 
uh, against South Melbourne. But uh, yeah, unfortunate for uh, for Zinni, uh, who declared himself fit and really wanted to play in these important games, and then you know obviously it, was, it ended up being too soon for him. Um, so, but but they do have a lot of players coming back into the into contention. I mean, Matt Reed was still suspended. They played Phil Riccobene at centre back, and he hasn't played a lot of football this season, but really demonstrated a lot of leadership. Um, Kalalu Kamara actually won uh, player of the match on Avondale's socials and was uh, dogged in his in his marking attempts on uh, on Kane Shepherd. I thought he did a really really good job, and that's the role he's being uh, lined up for against Charlie Austin tomorrow night. So uh, he'll have to be at that same level. Um, but yeah, Avondale starting to get uh, their first choice players back, and you can see the difference. And as uh, Zoran Markovsky said to me after the game, it took them, you know. 23 weeks to find some decent football, but they've suddenly found it. Well, that's the beauty of finals. Yeah. You can take 24 rounds as long as you do enough to get in the Absolutely. six. Hey, that's all Once you you're in, you're in. You've got to buy a <laughs> ticket to win the raffle at the end of the day. But Josh, one team who might not have a ticket to the raffle is Heidelberg. It seems like they've hit a bit of a wall after the slow start, the the big run in the middle where it looked like they were the team that no one potentially wanted to play in the finals. But the last two weeks, two devastating losses at home against Finals contenders, a good chance for them to solidify themselves inside the six. Um, what did you take out of that? Because, I mean, defensively, they looked all over the shop. Yeah, the defensive side of things was the biggest issue. And George Katsakis attempted to make a pretty radical change and move to a back three in the second half. And I can't say it paid off. Even though it was 1-1 on the scoreboard in the second half, Avondale butchered that many counter-attacking opportunities where they were had four on three, sometimes four on two opportunities. They got a bit sloppy towards the end. And if things had gone poorly for Heidelberg and Avondale had been a bit more clinical, as clinical in the second half as they were in the first, it could have been seven or eight one. Um, mm. You know, it really could have been really, really ugly for Heidelberg. Uh, they had, they did not have the rub of the green, let's say. Um, Adrian Zara forced off with an injury. Um, they they lost Joey Franich as well. So forced to replace your entire midfield in the first half, less than ideal. And then Sean Ellis um, got kneed, kneed in the face by the uh, Avondale goalkeeper, Tom Yonkerman. Um, and yeah, it didn't, didn't look right. They substituted him immediately after sort of the concussion checks and so forth. So hopefully he's okay, but they might've been being cautious because the result was sort of beyond doubt by that point. Um, but yeah, they, they lost some players, but they, they do seem to be running out of steam a bit here. And it wasn't if, as if they didn't have their chances. Uh, Kane Shepard had a free header from six yards in the first half. There were uh, set pieces. They were very, very threatening. And the delivery was really good. Um, honestly, Milan Roberts could have had a hat trick. He, he, <laughs> he butchered two, at least two guilt edge chances. One of which sort of fell to him about eight yards out after a goal mouth scramble. And one of which was a free header at the back post um, with the goal gaping, I guess, because the keeper had come and not collected. So, um, yeah, Heidelberg uh, looked very, very dangerous, especially off those set-piece situations, but defensively they were completely at sea. I guess the reprieve for them and in, in some ways also the danger for Avondale, Heidelberg's final fixture of the season is against the Eastern Lions at Gardner's Creek Reserve. Obviously a relegated Eastern Lions, but an Eastern Lions who has taken points off Heidelberg earlier this year. Uh, Bentley Green's coming up against Dandenong City, but Avondale playing against a South Melbourne. Now, a South Melbourne side who, technically speaking, have nothing to play for. But when Nick and I were talking before, Josh, I feel like there's still going to be a pretty keen focus from South on uh, trying to do their best to get Avondale knocked out of finals contention. Do you, do you see 
Avondale being up to the task with the Australia Cup games in mind of getting the result on the final day against South, it would be a, a pretty Herculean effort if uh, if they did. Well, the the minds are willing, the confidence is high. It depends if they've got the bodies. Seriously, mm. it's 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 just a physical limitation at this point. Um, you know, they were in great spirits, as you would imagine, after the win against Heidelberg, and they seem to have really clicked and found their confidence. Um, it's just a question of whether they can back up after the Australia Cup game. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough going against South. Maybe South uh, will slow the game down a little bit the way they play. Um, that could potentially give out Avondale a bit of a breather if it's not an end-to-end kind of open game. It's going to be a little bit more cagey. Uh, but then again, you know, South have some bruising bodies in that team and um, and Avondale, you know, the one criticism you would have from the weekend is that they were pretty shoddy defensively off set pieces and South Melbourne are the team that mm. thrives on set piece situations with Max Mikkel's long throws in the corners, like they're lethal in, the, in, the, in those situations. So I could see Avondale copping goals uh, mm. if they don't tighten up um, defensively from corners and those throw-ins. Hey, Josh, before we let you go, it'd be rude for us not to ask about Preston because, I mean, they're, they're, the championship, I mean, they're one point away from wrapping it up this weekend. A big win against Ballarat City in the final home game this weekend. There's a good vibe around the place at the moment, closing in on promotion and all the, the excitement around the potential national second division, I guess. Take us through the last couple of weeks, particularly last week as well. Last uh, game at home, getting that bit of a boost on Melbourne City as well, um, but it's coming a bit of a blow, though. Coming a bit of a cost. The key man out for this weekend. Yeah, it remains to be seen whether whether Connor Bell can back up after he he copped a, a knee to the hip and had to be taken off after two goals. He was destined for a hat trick. Um, so we will have to wait and see how he, he how he pulls up. Um, but in terms of um, you know the title race, it was an emphatic win over Ballarat. They did cop the first goal after four minutes, and everyone was kind of stunned, but they kept calm. Um, and they, they showed off their depth as well. They were missing a couple of midfielders, but Rob Nowmoski came in and laid on four assists, which is just a superb performance from a guy who's been sitting on the bench for most of the year uh, and has had some troubles with the, with injuries and, and fitness of his own. So, um, you know, that, that just demonstrates the depth of quality in the, in the Preston team. And obviously they were glued to the Melbourne City result beforehand and were hoping that Box Hill could hang on for the 2-1 win. And if they had, uh, you know, Preston would have wrapped up the, the title on the weekend. But City... Um, you know, showed that that fighting spirit and came back and got an equaliser. So that means that a draw for Preston will do against Box Hill. But it's a team that they've already lost to this year. Uh, and it's a team that's playing on a pitch that we hear is not in good condition. And yeah. they've uh, also taken points off every other top team in MPL 3 this year. So they, they've played spoilers so, so many times. So it's a, it's a potential banana skin. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, Preston... Uh, are going there to win. Uh, Lou Atsevsky told me at, uh, after the game, he's never coached for a draw in his entire career and he's not about to start. So, you know, they're not going to change their approach. They're just going to try and keep doing the same things that have led them to win 10 in a row. Uh, but Box Hill are a stern test. And, uh, you know, Melbourne City playing against Springvale White Eagles, um, you'd expect them to win. Although Springvale, of course, fighting for their their lives in the division and fighting against relegation. Well, other question I wanted to ask you, Josh, about the the final day of the NPL three is I, I see that none awarding remain a, a mathematical, what very much a mathematical chance of getting into that final promotion relegation playoff spot in fourth victory, of course, wrapped theirs up in third over the weekend, but three points separating Western United and none awarding uh, Western United with just 
a three advantage in in yeah. goal difference. They play Geelong uh, on Saturday afternoon, while Nunawading play a victory side who, as I mentioned, have already been promoted. Do you see the the status quo, the present standing of the table remaining, and 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 Western doing enough to get a win over Geelong uh, and making any potential Nunawading upset uh, irrelevant? Geelong have been a different team in the second half of the season. Mm. Um, when I saw them in round three and, and Preston rolled them very easily, I thought this team's getting relegated. Um, but it hasn't been the case. Um, they, they found a sterner, sterner edge, a sterner resolve. Um, of course, they they did lose um, against Melbourne Victory last week. But uh, I can see them putting in a shift against Western United and making it difficult for them. Uh, they're 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 a tough team and they're tough defensively. Uh, Nana Wadding, completely different side, very expansive, of course. That's their club philosophy. Uh, up against a victory team that doesn't have too much to play for. I could definitely see, no, see Nana Wadding winning that game. And uh, with uh, AJ McPhee level with Connor Bell on top of the golden boot standings, they're going to be trying to feed their star striker as well. It's, uh, uh, he's, he's in great form and uh, one of the real underrated players in, in Victorian football, I think. Um, yeah, I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, of course, you look at the goal difference and so forth, and, and Western United does have a better goal difference, but you know, enough of a swing, three goals, either way, it could happen. I'm not mm. ruling it out. Mm. See, I'm very conflicted about that golden boot race because I really like Connor Bell. He's a, he's a, very, <laughs> he's a very nice man. Uh, always a Nick when yeah, you spoke to him as well. Really nice guy. However... Uh, McPhee is is a Scotsman, so <laughs> the loyalties are somewhat divided there. I've never met him, but he is Scottish, so he's, he's basically my family. Uh, no, I, I of think course, I, famously, I, Lockie, famously, you tried to rob Connor Bell of one of his goals on a press yeah, broadcast. Which, look, so we I have, think you're actively working against him. No, no, we have buried the hatchet. We've had conversations <laughs> in in public, in private, and in mediation, and it's all been worked out. <laughs> Uh, the only other, the final question for you, Josh, uh, down the foot of the table, uh, as you sort of alluded to before, uh, Springvale still fighting for their survival. They're faced with a very much an uphill battle to do that against uh, a Melbourne City side who uh, have got something of their own to play for. Uh, but it would also be contingent on Ballarat City getting an upset over North Sunshine Eagles. Is there a more likely candidate in your view to uh, be heading down to State League One, all things told? I think Ballarat have a chance. Mm. Um, you know, North Sunshine, nothing to play for. Ballarat uh, are much better at home, of course. And, mm. you know, sides who have to travel the, the long trip to Ballarat uh, don't tend to fare as well. What a trip um, it is, though. Going 110? Yeah. Oh, so good. Sensational. Versus, versus Springvale, who are playing against Melbourne City, who need to win to keep their, their title hopes alive. I think Ballarat can stay up. Mm. I really do. I, th- I think they can turn that around. Well, it's going to be a curious watch. It's going to be very exciting on Saturday and, and on Sunday with all that's going on. And Josh, again, we spoke about at the start of the show. Congratulations again for tomorrow night. Really looking forward. Uh, well, I'll say to Lockie, the only bummer is you're both on at the same time. So, like, if there was a way that you could have one earphone on, on one and one earphone on the other, then that would be great. But uh, we're going to have to do the split screen if I uh, can't get to one of the games. But, Josh, again, congratulations. Very well deserved. Can't wait to hear you on the call as well tomorrow night. And uh, any plug, I guess, for everyone at home, where can we listen to you tomorrow night? Yeah, live on 10 Play from uh, from 7.25 p.m. I'll be with Archie Thompson. Can't wait to commentate alongside a guy I, I grew up supporting. It's a, it's a bit of a dream for me, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, Avondale, if they if they show the kind of counter-attacking verve that they did against Heidelberg, they can give Brisbane Raw some problems. Never so, know. Uh, you know, and potential... Rubbing my hands for a potential the cup set. The yes. cup set is just 
Tr- ticking away <laughs> it's ticking, it's ticking. Off, in a, off in some laboratory. Uh, my cheap plug, though, uh, don't listen to Josh. Listen to me and Harps instead. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much for joining made us, the Josh. best man win. Absolutely. <laughs> the it's, ratings war. It's like, it's like Anchorman. It's like the fight in the car park. You guys are going to meet like at FV headquarters <laughs> and meet in the car park, and it's going to be every commentator. Uh, every I could bit. never lay a glove on Josh. He knows Anyways. Uh, Josh, again, uh, thank well, you. Well, you know, in all seriousness, the first thing I'm going to be doing on the final whistle is uh, is going and going back and listening to Lockie's Well, goals. you might not have to because Lockie could still be going. I mean, he predict. I mean, this Teo Pellizzari predicted a four-all draw on TNC on Sunday at Oakley Brisbane City. So, if your game ends in ninety, Lockie will still be going. Josh, I look it forward to you. It does have the makings of one of those bonkers NPL versus NPL <laughs> games. It does. I just, I've got a feeling too, Lockie. I think you might have a. Have a, a bit it's of a thriller. Like, it sounds like you want like a boring one. Now. No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I, I hope you guys are. I hope you guys are right. Anyways, Josh, thank you so much again. Uh, we'll chat to you again very soon. Thanks, gents.